Well, as always, I hope you're doing well today. I want to begin with, if you will, an opportunity. I've decided that I'm going to be uh, doing a special Zoom presentation once a month for people that are interested, just sharing topics that are on my mind, things about the Lord, uh, about healing, about personal growth. There's no cost to this, and I'm not advertising it through our normal mailing list. I'm just letting people know, and they can sign up for it if they want. Now, here's the way you can take part of that, part in that, if you're interested. Send an email to this address. It's my address that's exclusive for this particular program. The address is Terry and the Pirates 52 at gmail.com. Terry and the Pirates 52 at gmail.com, all lowercase. Now, just so you know, that's the comic script, uh, comic strip that my mother uh, used to read, and she named me after that particular character. So it has meaning to me. Fifty-two. That's the year I was born. So if you'd like to be part of this, all you have to do is email me at that address and say, "I want to be part of this Zoom podcast." And I will put you in. Uh, we'll be doing it once a month. There won't be a large crowd, maybe 75, 80, 100 people. I've already done one on the Holy Spirit. It was great. God really blessed us, and I'm, I'm grateful for the time. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and email me. I'll make sure you get on the list, and we'll go from there. Father, we pray that today your Holy Spirit will give us a teaching, uh, that it will go deep inside of our hearts, and that we will be able to practically respond. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder how familiar you are with the book of Haggai. It's not a book that a lot of us spend a great deal of time in, but, but it has some really important teachings, particularly two that I want to focus on today. But let me start by giving you the background. This is about the Israelites coming back to the land of Israel after uh, the exile. And one of the things they had to do was rebuild. They had to rebuild their homes. They had to rebuild the temple. And they were going to, again, be secure in the land that God had provided for them. You know, the exile was, if you will, an act of punishment and discipline where they were carried off into Babylonian exile. And now they've been released and they're coming home to rebuild their lives. Now, in this text... There are two rebuildings that take place. One is the rebuilding of the temple. And they did begin that. They laid the foundation for the temple and they started the sacrificial system again. But then once the foundation was laid, they moved over to uh, spend more time building their own homes. Now, one of the things that the scripture is saying is that they, they became so preoccupied with building their own homes and maybe putting additions on and making it better and better that they forgot to come back and rebuild the house of God. And God says to them in this scripture, you got to pay attention to what's happening right now. In, in fact, what he says is, give careful attention to your ways. And then he says something about the quality of their well-being. You've planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough food. You drink, but never your fill. 
You put on clothes, but they're not warm. And you earn money, but it seems as though your purse has a hole in it. And the Lord then goes on to say, now consider that and give careful thought to your ways. And then it says this, go up into the mountains, bring down timber and build my house. Bring down timber and build my house. Now, this principle is about well-being. And one of the things that this particular text is saying to us is that our overall general well-being is directly related to the depth of our relationship with God. To what degree are we being attentive to our relationship with God? Are we building that internal place? Are we positioning so that there is new life and new depth to this intimacy that we can have with God? Now, look, what happened here to the Israelite, it it happens to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if it also happens to you. We get preoccupied. Life can get very, very busy. And we're always going to get back to spending time with God, but often that's put off and put off and put off, and a barrenness of our busy busyness and imbalanced priorities begin to take over, and we fail to abide. Now, one of the things that we know from the text in John 15 is that life and fruitfulness is directly related to abiding. It's to us positioning ourselves before God to worship Him, to pray to Him, to hear Him speak to us, to receive His energy, to receive His life. This is important. God did not call us first to work for Him. He called us first to abide with Him to remain in him, to spend time in him. Years ago, I had a large class of seminary doctoral students, and we began to all talk about how initially it was our heart for God that drove us into ministry, but then the busyness of ministry began to compromise our relationship with God because we simply did not spend the amount of time with God that we needed to. And so, what we see here, and it's almost like an allegory, or at least a metaphor, that God is saying to the children of Israel, you're spending an awful lot of time adding to your own comfort, but you're failing to really spend the time with me that would multiply your efforts. And I think this this teaching that says, think about your life, you're planting a lot, but harvesting little. You eat, but you're never full. You drink, but there's never a fulfillment to it. And I think that's true of some of our lives. And one of the things the evil one would want to do is keep us chasing after what we think will bring abundance to our lives, when it's fact, the abundance that we need comes from abiding. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Let's stay attached. Let's prioritize intimacy with him. As a matter of fact, that's one of my own personal prayers. 
There was a time, and I'll probably speak to this in another podcast, when I would pray, Lord, I want to experience your manifest presence. But today, my prayer is, awaken me to your intimate presence. Awaken me. Awaken my spirit to the fact that you're right here with me, longing to be in relationship with me. Oh, how important that is. And all we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, search me right now. Open my eyes. Am I busy with lesser things? Am I so preoccupied that I, I don't take some time to build the house of God in my life? Am I simply counting on the fact that I'm saved but not understanding that it's a relationship that is the foundation of our lives? I think that's an important teaching. It comes right out of the book of Haggai. But then there's another teaching. So the children of Israel, they decided, okay, we will go to the mountains. We will get timbers and we will begin to rebuild the house of God. The temple had been destroyed. But do you know what? It seems as though in chapter 2 they became disappointed, somewhat depressed. And... And part of it is because this new temple seemed like nothing in comparison to what the previous temple had been. And so they lost, if you will, energy, and they lost focus, and they were despairing, saying, this isn't going to be anything like the way it was. And one of the things that God does then is he speaks to him and says this, hey, be strong. I am with you. I've covenanted to be with you. My spirit remains among you. Don't be down. Don't be afraid. I'm going to fill this house with my glory even more so than the previous house. Now, look, here's what I think God is wanting us to understand. It wasn't the quality of the temple and the way it was constructed that brought it glory. It was the fact that God's presence was in that place. That's what brings glory. When God's presence is there, in terms of a building, it doesn't matter whether it's a thatched hut or a marble palace. It's the presence of God that brings us what scripture calls glory, value, power, now, there's a couple dimensions to this. I think sometimes we think in church life that if we have better pews and a sound system and a bigger building and, and uh, you know, a light show that, wow, we're going to attract more and more people. Well, I'll tell you what, people are desperate, <laughs> but I don't think they're desperate to be entertained. We can be entertained anywhere, any time of the day. I think what people are desperate for is an encounter with God. And it doesn't matter whether it's a little chapel on the hill or the crystal cathedral. If God's presence isn't there, no one's going to be changed. If God's presence is there, there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more glorious than that. Now, I need to, I need to go one other direction with this. The New Testament's pretty clear that, well, you're now the temple of God. Did you hear that? You. Now, there are times that we look at ourselves and often we compare ourselves to others and we think, well, the truth of the matter is I'm no big deal. I'm 
barely a pebble thrown into the giant ocean of what's going on in the world. But there's a parallel allegory here that I think is important for us to consider for our own lives, and that is the value of our impact in this world is not how well-known we are or how wealthy we are, but the fact that we have the presence of God living inside. You could live in the smallest town, or you could be the head of a great nation. And the only thing that's going to truly change the world is your awareness of God's glory inside of you. You, my friend, wherever you are today, are a big deal. And I think you're part of the promise that comes in Haggai when he says, I will fill this house with glory. And the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. You are part of the new house of God, this colony of heaven that experiences this perpetual Pentecost. You are important because you are a child of God and his presence is inside of you and therefore you host God's glory. Now let's link these two teachings together and then ask God to do something special. Spend time with God. Let's, let's make room for him. Let's abide in the vine. Let's draw that life because it's the foundation of well-being. And when we do, and as we do, it not only impacts us, it impacts the world around us because we begin to reflect the glory of God. You are the temple of God. Go within to meet him there, to expand the place of his presence in you, and also let your light shine because you are a child of God.